Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. If you like what they do, leave them a five-star review. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don. Now, I am here to host and moderate the episode today. My name is Nicole Thompson. I run a blog, beautyintheleafs.com, and I am the number one face race fan that you're going to find. Uh, I've been invited to host today, so let me welcome into the show JT and the Don. Fellas, are you ready? Uh, it doesn't seem like JT is. He really well, usually you're the one answer. that's talking so much first all the time, so I just assume you were going to jump on. This is what happens when we have only had in the history of our show two moderators. So, uh, but Nicole, thank you for the introduction. I know I speak for Jimmy um, and saying thank you for coming on the show to moderate for us because we definitely need that. But also, uh, and the fans may not know this, or maybe they recognize the voice. Uh, you are the voiceover in the intro of the show. Uh, you have the perfect voice for it. So thank you. Um, and JT, one thing we have forgotten over the first 60 shows of JT and the Don is to mention, uh, is to mention that, that Nicole is the voiceover, to thank her for it, as well as Mike Regina, who does the music. He's our Carolina Panthers resident expert. Um, so thank you, Nicole, and to Mike Regina out there for all you've done for the show. Yeah, thank you. JT, you All got right. nothing. You still it's got 100%, nothing. Uh, it's 100% your fault. I'm, <laughs> I'm letting you take full blame for this. I don't, I'm standing behind you. Any any barrage that comes in, I don't want to take any hits. It's so, gonna Nicole, be, trust me, if you didn't get shouted out on the show, it's because of him. It's going to be one wow. of those. It's going to be one of those shows. Okay. 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 All right. Well, let's just jump in. So the main topics, here we go. The number one thing we're going to talk about today is the NBA finals. So we had game one Wednesday night in the bubble. The Lakers won a lot too little. It was 116 to 98, but really it looked a lot worse than that. Who do you guys think is going to end up winning the series? And what are you most looking forward to with this finals matchup? Jimmy, you tell me first. This is so rough because I know I didn't pick them to go to the finals. Shout out to Don. I, I give you credit every day for that. And the team that I picked that went to go to the finals, the Lakers, just this looks bad. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'll, I will be shocked if this makes it five games just because we had a small window in that game. We're up like 18 and we started turning the ball over. LeBron was on the bench. And that lead just disappears so fast. And then once that happens, I think Donato, you text me, and I thought the same thing. You're like, we just lost the series right there, and it was over, and we never recovered. And then to add insult to literal injury, we lose Goran Dragic to they say they're saying it's a torn plantar fascia. And personally, if that's what it is, he's done. I've I've had a plantar fascia injury. He ain't playing no game. So that's another important piece that's gone. And then Bam was already hurt at the end of last series, and then he re-aggravates his injury in, the, in game one. So we're already and, – you know, And Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle. It looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he rolls his ankle. Tyler Hero's not playing like we normally see him play. So it just, it just went downhill, downhill fast for us. And the thing that worries me the most is 
we still don't have anybody to, to stop AD. He's too much. Like, there's just no way to stop him. So I'm already writing him in for finals MVP. I, I did have something to look forward to, but honestly, I'm just looking forward to this going six games. And that's it. I love the Heat. I hope they can battle back, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, prior to game one, um, what I was looking most forward to was how the Lakers would do against the Heat zone defense. That was the big story throughout the Eastern Conference uh, finals. And, man, well, the Lakers answered that pretty quick. Destroyed it. (laughs) Really quick. I mean, you go look, they were it, 15 of 38 from three-point range, but they had 11 of those, JT, by halftime. So the second half, you can kind of throw out those stats. They had 11 three-pointers by halftime. Would, uh, would you say, because I, I, I think we were talking about this last night, some guys were hitting some three-pointers that I don't think they can keep that up during the whole series. Like, Braun, you know, he was hot from beyond three. KCP hit a couple big threes. Yeah, Rondo out there hitting threes. I know those guys have gotten better, but I don't know if I trust their shooters hitting those shots more than ours over the course of the whole series. I agree with you. It's got to cool down at some point, and I think that's now what I'm looking most forward to is how will Coach Spo and you and IJT are big fans of his, adjust um, to what happened in game one now at least defensively against the Lakers offense. And then also how will they defend AD at times they had hero in the post, you know, fronting <laughs> AD cause he was hustling down there, getting his spot and they weren't able to defend that either. And he proved that the Lakers were right for trading for him in game one. Like, oh, this absolutely. is why they brought him in to help LeBron in the finals and I believe he's the only teammate in the playoffs to average 28 or more points going into the finals as a teammate of LeBron. So this is exactly why they brought him in, proved them again right in game one. And so, Coach Spo, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring in guys like Kelly Olynyk? Are you going to play Myers Leonard more? Or say, hey, our zone defense will get it right. I'm going to go with – Lakers in five after what I saw, even though we're cheating a little bit, because I think our, our our predictions would have been a little bit different before game one, JT. If we didn't see but, the disaster that was game one. <laughs> yes, but I'm going to go Lakers in five. You still can't go against LeBron. I will say the only hope the Heat have is that the Lakers shooting percentage from beyond the arc regresses toward the mean for them for the, for the whole season. So if guys aren't as good as shooters that we think they are, I think we have a chance. Cause I think that's, that's where the zone works, but it's just going to be tough because like you said, who is going to stop AD? If we got Tyler here on him, it's just no chance. And before we go to the next topic, sorry, Nicole, I, I got to throw in one more thing, JT, you know how I am with the refs. I'm curious to see how they continue to ref this series because I thought in game one, they allow LeBron in Anthony Davis on the offensive end to be very physical. And then on the other side, yeah, it's the Heat weren't ways. getting the calls. And it's like, how can LeBron be getting those calls on the offensive end when he's initiating the contact? Yet when AD goes straight up on the defensive end, the Heat aren't getting the calls. So uh, I'm curious to see how that ends up, even though it may not matter 
and last night it didn't matter. But those little calls early on do because a 13-point lead can go to 17. And oh, instead, with a few threes. And instead it was back to zero by the end of the first quarter. I will say this, and then we can move on. Let's also not kid ourselves. The NBA, the last thing they want to see is this great Lakers team losing to a 5C from the Eastern Conference. So let's keep that in mind, and let's hope that, you know, the Heat can overcome it. But I think we're in agreement it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's not looking good, guys. Um, let's transition over to the NFL. So we just had week, week three of the NFL uh, let's discuss some of the highlights and the stories from this past weekend. I want to focus on three specific teams. So the Eagles tied the Bengals, the Saints lost to the Packers, and the Vikings lost on a last-minute field goal against the Titans. So it begs the question, which team of the three is in the biggest trouble? Uh, Donato, you can take this one first. I, in the production meeting, kind of made – JT put the Vikings because he only wanted to talk about Eagle Saints. So I'm going to go Vikings because I brought it up in the production meeting. I'm going to oh, say is Vikings. that why you did that? Yes. Oh, I'm okay. Say, How gonna, did I not see the setup coming? <laughs> I'm going to say Vikings because Packers and Bears are both 3-0, and right, JT? So now you're three games back already, and the defense has way too many holes. Listen to these rankings so far. And I know it's only three games, small sample size. Defense for the Vikings, 30th against the pass, 32nd last against the rush. So they have a worse run defense than the Dolphins. Got it. <laughs> and 34 or 31st in <laughs> points. I was like, wow, they're so bad they're not even getting ranked. <laughs> yeah, college teams are in front of them. 31st in points allowed at 34 points per game. That is not a good defense. That is a lot to be concerned about. And then you got no Stefan Diggs anymore this year. Now, Cook finally had a good game, but man, there's a lot of pressure on this Vikings team to win and win now. And your dude, who I know you don't like, Coach Zimmer, I mean, their window might officially be closed. And so, Where's the improvement going to come from, JT? I don't see it. And their division with the Packers is not going to get easier. I think Detroit's a little better than last year. I think maybe the Bears regress a little bit from 3-0, and but the Vikings already lost to the Packers and Bears. So I think of the three teams, the Vikings are in the worst situation and are in the biggest trouble. So why, don't, why aren't you putting the pressure on the guy that's paid, getting paid all that money to win those games? Because he's the – to me, I know the defense oh. is bad – they got injuries. Their cornerback play is terrible. But yeah, at the I end said, of the day, that $85 million man got to put the team on his shoulders and get it done. I, I agree. And that's why I said there's a lot of pressure on this team. And you're right. A lot of it is on Kirk Bro, Cousins. I want to hear – yeah, say it. Just say, Kirk Cousins, it is your fault that we are this bad. Just say it. I, no, you can't say it's all his fault. Look at the defensive numbers. How but, long has the defense been but, carrying him in but, seasons past? But Cousins has not been – listen – even Tom Brady in 2007 with this sort of defense couldn't have helped this team to much better than an eight and eight record. Man, I'm telling you right now, if you gave Tom Brady, Adam Thielen and Dalvin cook, he'd make it work. Yeah. He win games, but you're not going to the championship with that sort of defense. All right. So whatever. Just tell, he, us, your, just tell us your team. He wanted to pick the Vikings. So to me, all oh, this is so tough because I feel like, Everything in me wants to pick the Eagles because if you watch that game, 
you can see that the Eagles tried everything to not win the game. They had no faith in the offense. They could have kicked a long field goal or went for it on fourth down. But I'll give them a grace period just because I feel like they have a lot of injuries, more than most teams this year. The team that's in the most trouble to me has got to be the Saints. And I said it before. We did this at the beginning of the year. Which old quarterback is going to fall off the cliff faster? Yeah, Drew Brees is winning that bet because Phillip Rivers and the Colts, they're at least looking competitive. The Saints, I don't know what's going on with them. I know they're down Michael Thomas, but I just look at what they still have to overcome, and they're struggling now. Their defense is terrible. I don't know I don't know why they're this bad because when I look at the roster, the Saints have actual good starters on defense. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, uh, Janoris Jenkins. They got probably the best linebacker in all of NFL in uh, DeMario Davis. Like, they have pieces. So I don't understand why they're getting manhandled by the Raiders on Monday night games and then Aaron Rodgers just went in there on Sunday night and lit them up. So I don't know what's going on, but you just look at what's to come. Drew Brees, you can't deny it anymore. He's officially falling off the cliff. It's over, and they're not going to win it this year with him. Plus, that division, call it what you want, is tougher than people think. We already talked about the Bucks; They're formidable. Atlanta, they're always going to be in every game. Carolina. Until the end when they blow it. Exactly. Carolina, it's just not there this year. Yeah, well, Carolina is—they're not as bad as people think. They just yeah, went—they just went and beat the Chargers. Say what yeah, you want; like they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be competitive. It's just not going to be an easy two win for the Saints. And then another thing that is worrisome to me, and we know it's going to happen, and people are just acting like we don't see this all the time. Their best player, not named Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, is hurt with a high ankle sprain. Guess what? He's already back practicing. You know what happens. Guys get these high ankle sprain injuries. They always try to, quote, unquote, beat the timetable, and they come back too soon, and they're either never the same or they re-aggravate it. He's not going to be right all season long. And you just look at with him not being there, what it's done to their team, I just don't see this situation getting better because I think their schedule is only going to get harder. No, I, I disagree, and you said it. They have all this talent. There's room for improvement because – the guys are going to get going. You got to remember, they didn't have a preseason. They probably weren't tackling much in training camp. So they're going to get it going. Well, the Packers but, didn't have a preseason. They looked, they were tackling just fine. The Vikings, wh where's that improvement coming from? They don't have the ballers the Saints do, especially on the defensive side now. So that's I why guess, I disagree with you. And I think you're giving the NFC South a little bit too much credit now because we were doing that going into it. But let's face it. Are the Buccaneers really that good? Look at the two wins they, they got. Had. One of the they got one of the best defenses in, in the league right now. The Falcons, their go, offense. Say what you want about them blowing leads, but they're going to put up points. The Saints already the Panthers beat them. Ain't that the Saints, bad. The Saints already beat them, and yes, the Panthers aren't that bad. But at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to hang with the Saints in two games. I guess I just don't. I don't have much expectations for the Vikings. So to me, they they are just trouble, not in trouble. But I just. It's the Saints. It's got to be the Saints. I, if you're if you're a Saints fan right now, you can't tell tell me your panic level isn't at a thousand. I mean, I still think you're you're okay though. The Vikings, the, their their panic went out the door last week. That's the problem. Yeah, their panic went out as soon as the season started. Yeah. All right. Well, let's transition over to the Steelers and Titans game. So. This past Tuesday, the Titans said that three of their players and five other personnel tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, a fourth Titans player learned yesterday on Wednesday that he tested positive. 
and the NFL has postponed the game against the Don Steelers. And the NFL said that the game is going to be moved to either Monday or Tuesday. So what do you guys think? Is the NFL going to make it through the season playing all 16 games and actually finish with a Super Bowl? Uh, Jimmy, you can go first on this one. So this is actually crazy. So Don, correct me if I'm wrong. At the time of this recording, they're going to just postpone this game this week and it's going to be a bye week for both of those teams, right? So, so yeah, just information came out prior to us going um, on the air. It does look like they, they will do a bye week um, instead of playing on Monday or Tuesday. And then they will play later on week seven because that's when the Titans had a bye week and the Steelers were supposed to play Baltimore. But Steelers-Baltimore will play week eight because both Steelers and Baltimore had a bye week for week eight. So wow. essentially becomes a bye week. All right. So, Nicole, you're asking me, is the NFL going to make it through the whole season and finish yep. with a Super Bowl? I got to say yes, just because they see NFL's all in. They're going to make this work by any means necessary. I mean, just look at what they did with this game. People tested positive this week. Initially, more people came out testing positive. They're like, oh, we'll move it to Tuesday. Don't worry, guys. We got this. We got this covered. And, uh, I mean, the Falcon, the Falcons player tested positive before the game last week. Guys and teams aren't wearing masks. Uh, yeah. I just don't see anything short of just, like, a massive outbreak across the league. I don't think there's any way that they don't they don't finish the season because the NFL is just going to do what they did with this, just reschedule games, move by weeks, um, shifting games into different days and time slots, whatever it takes to get the season done, they're going to do. And there's just no way the train's going to stop. It's the NFL. <laughs> yep, I, I agree. Um, back in the summer, the NFL, there were reports that said the NFL will trudge through this. They're going to get through it one way or another. And like you said, they're already manipulating the schedule to work it out, to get around this. Um, they're still allowing fans. So season will play out, get all 16 games in, finish with the Super Bowl on time. And listen, MLB has teams in the same cities of the NFL teams, but the NFL's allowing crowds, but MLB didn't. So it just goes to show you more, like JT said, the NFL is all in on this, no matter what coronavirus or not, they are all in. And let's face it, you know, the NFL is just different when it comes to all this stuff. They will do whatever they want, whatever they want. To make that money. To make that money. Yep, it's all about the money. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point. Outside linebackers coach of the Titans, Shane Bowen, did not travel with the team following a positive test result Saturday. And I texted you about this, JT the game still went on and nobody found out about it until what Tuesday when other players started testing positive. So the NFL allowed the Vikings to be put in harm's way. So the NFL could play its games. So absolutely it's gonna, they're gonna finish. They're gonna figure out a way to do all 16. It's the they, same thing like uh, AJ Terrell of the Vic of the Falcons, the cornerback, he tested positive before the game. You're trying to tell me he's been around the facility and around everybody all week at practice he's the only guy to test it positive it's we just, just like you said we expect this from the nfl it's going to be shady practices they're going to do whatever you know slide a hand under the table deals to get it done also too, to show you how serious they are about getting the season done 
they're even willing to i don't even know if this is really going on behind the scenes but at least they're telling us in the news it's happening they're willing to start they're already finding teams for the optics of not wearing their mask on a sideline during the games and they're even taking it as far not only to just find them to the point where they're going to start penalizing you know high draft picks so they want it to appear on tv as if you know we care about covid we want to make sure they're following protocols. But all I see on the sidelines is guys just talking to each other like regular without their masks on. So makes I'm not shocked there's an outbreak going on. It's just how, like you said, how honest are they with the reporting? Yeah, it's a little scary at times. Yep. Yeah, and I got to add in one thing is that I don't know if you watched the debate, but our president was just on TV bragging to everyone that he he brought football back. So – um, especially if he gets reelected, it's not going away because that's his, his pride and joy there. But okay, let's go on um, to the surprises and disappointments. So through the first few, few weeks, we've had a few surprises and disappointments as we do every year in the NFL. But what do you think has been the biggest surprise so far this year, Donato? Wow. I mean, a lot of things I think you can choose from. I'm going to go with Josh Allen emerging as a premier quarterback. Hold up. You only have one? Because I got well, I got a bunch. <laughs> I had a bunch, but I've limited it to one. And it's Josh Allen emerging as a premier quarterback. Through three games, has 1,038 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception. In week one, he led the team in rushing. They're 3-0. and now, JT, I think we both agreed that we figured he would improve and take a step. But not like but this. Exactly. That's my whole point. I didn't think he could do this. I mean, he has taken a gigantic step. Um, speaking, hold on, speaking of that step, are you are – you, I'm not saying this is, this is what's happening. We talked about this. I think it was either the show before or the show before that when we saw Josh Allen coming out of the gate. And I said something. I said – this kind of feels like 2015 MVP cam. Do you feel that way still? That You bring up a great comparison. I'm going to go no. And it goes back to what I said with, I don't know if the Bills are contenders. It's going to get cold. It's going to get windy. They're going to play a lot of outdoor cold weather games. He's got to be able to throw. Cam could do both really, really well. Josh Allen I don't know yet if he can carry a team or a, or a game on his throwing arm. Simply, will, th you know, simply his arm. I will say this. Three things. There's some similarities to that Cam season where they went to the Super Bowl and the Bills, but I think the Bills are in a better shape. One, both of them had easy schedules. Cam had an easy schedule that season. I think the Bills have a fairly easy schedule there in the AFC East. Josh Allen is much healthier than Cam was at that point in 2015. Uh, and Cam was Cam was pretty healthy that he was year. pretty healthy but I mean I feel like Josh Allen hasn't had any injuries but but we can admit Cam even in 2015 oh, compared was, to what Josh Allen oh, was the better doing player. now yeah is the better player so but I will I will say and, this and I gotta say the Panthers defense I kind of like them more than what I've seen from the Bills though yeah the Bills defense I, I'm I'm not I don't know if it's they're banged up or because they're putting up so many points they're on the field much more than they thought they would be this season so uh, but I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, my, he my, is a surprise. My last point with that is you can see his confidence growing and you can see his teammates believing in him. And that's also 
going a long way with him and the team. And that, that has been a, you know, he, he's definitely been a surprise to me. Yeah. I'm going to stay in the same lane with the quarterbacks. I have two. Uh, I was wrong. What do you want me to say? It's uh, <laughs> the resurrection of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, and he's doing it without Devontae Adams. Just he's doing it with regular guys. I don't know how the Packers are doing it. I think what happened last year is maybe it was a new playbook and he had new players and it took time for them to get accustomed to it. And, you know, second year, he's just ready to go. Also, it could be that rumor of, I don't know if you saw that he said that uh, he tells a lie sometimes in the huddle of where the guy, the, the coach is calling the plays into his helmet. And if he don't like the play, he pretends like he can't hear him and calls his own plays. Maybe that's what he's doing this year. And maybe that's why they're having success. But correct me if I'm wrong. They have no turnovers on offense, right? For the whole year. Listen, if you're bringing up the Packers, you got to do the research. Yeah, I can't I'm read your mind. They're not turn. They're not turning the ball over. And Rodgers is taking deep shots. I mean, that's dangerous for the league. So just him looking like an MVP as well. That's a surprise to me. And then of course I got to give an honorable mention to Kyler Murray. Um, I wasn't really that high on him coming into this year. I was high on the team because I thought they would take a step forward. That's why I picked them to make the playoffs. But, I mean, we're talking about Josh Allen and, and Aaron Rodgers. we got to talk about him, too. He's played kind of like an MVP candidate as well. I mean, just look at his improvement from last year to this year. Last year, I don't know if people noticed this, but there were six games where he didn't score a single touchdown. And now it seems like he's scoring two or three every game with ease. So just those two quarterbacks – taking it to the le next level like Josh Allen, I think are the biggest surprises. Okay. And then what about for your biggest disappointment so far, guys? Um, How much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go multiple injuries to players and stars. Uh, you never want to see injuries, especially season ending injuries as, as we have seen with Saquon Barkley and Bosa. Um, and, I mentioned this in our, our NFL preview show. How would the early games look because of no preseason games? Well, I think I forgot to consider maybe injuries when I brought that up. Um, so are these injuries because of no preseason games, no joint scrimmages, you know, not enough contact in practice? Uh, regardless, whatever the reason, you know, it's a shame. It's been a disappointment because we don't get to see Saquon Barkley develop continue to grow we don't get to see Bosa another young player continue to grow and I know I'm missing a couple other players in there um you know we're seeing Tariq Cohen even though he's not a superstar but you know he's still a, real, a young young player that has upside exactly exactly so you know, that that's my biggest disappointment can I give you an honorable mention before I get into mine sure my biggest disappointment on the honorable mention side is whoever was the person that set up the Texans schedule has been brutal. <laughs> I mean, they're not this bad. I mean, who set up the schedule? They had to play uh, you guys, the chiefs. I mean, this is just ridiculous. The Ravens. I mean, it's just been rough for them, but all in all, um, I think the theme around my biggest disappointment has just been quarterbacks. So Carson Wentz, the way he's played this year has just been disappointing to me. Cause I feel like, Everybody thought that they were just – everybody thinks the Eagles are just going to keep taking this next step, and he's just the next MVP guy because they saw flashes of it a couple years ago before he got injured. But team looks bad. He looks like he's regressed. He looks like he's lost confidence. The team and the coaching staff definitely looks like they've lost confidence in, them, in him. And to me, when I see Carson Wentz play 
the way he's played probably the last six or seven games, it makes more and more sense why the Eagles, quote-unquote, reach for Jalen Hurts in the draft. And I wouldn't be surprised that if they're out of the playoffs at any point this year, you're going to see him get benched if he keeps playing like this. But sticking with quarterbacks, um, my other real big disappointment is just the regression of some of these young quarterbacks across the league. So guys like Daniel Jones, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield even, you know, guys that were drafted really high, we keep giving them that leash of, hey, you know, they'll develop, they'll continue to get better. And I just haven't seen it. They've all gotten worse. I mean, Daniel Jones showed upside last year. Train wreck right now. I think that team, they'll be lucky to win four games. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, we already know how how we feel about him. He just looks more and more like he's going to get benched every week. And Sam Darnold, I mean, I I know part of his situation is the coach. We'll talk about Gase in a little bit. But, I mean, at some point, man, you just got to face facts. He's bad. He's terrible. I I, I don't know if he's broken. The combination of the bad coaching, but he just doesn't look good. And then Baker Mayfield, to me, hasn't played as good as he did in his rookie year. So just seeing those young guys not get better is really the biggest disappointment for me. Well, I got to defend some of those young quarterbacks. It's coaching, you know, I understand. Dan- no, I mean, Daniel Jones loses not so much coaching, but Daniel Jones loses Saquon Barkley. Offensive line wasn't really creating much running room anyway to develop the play-action pass. Dwayne Haskins, besides McLaren, besides McLaren, doesn't really have many weapons. Um, he's bad though. You you it, you if if you had him in the best system, I feel like he would still struggle. It, uh, fair enough, fair enough there. But I, and you mentioned um, one of the other quarterbacks again, not Darnold. A lo- Darnold <laughs> again, not a lot of weapons around him. I mean, there's all. I, I, feel, uh, I don't Adam know about. The, I feel like the Jets have weapons though. And he's got. Just, and he's got Adam Gase as the coach. So yeah, Gase. It's, it's Gase kind of unfair. It's kind of unfair. You know, it is kind of unfair to the young guys. And I'm just really disappointed to see these guys not take over, or at least just show me flashes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go over to college football playoffs. So the Big Ten recently announced for football that they're going to have an eight game schedule beginning October 24th with the conference championship game scheduled for December 19th. And then the Pac-12 followed shortly after that, announcing they're going to have a seven game season beginning on November 6th. So. Do you think they should be considered for the college football playoffs now that they're going to have a season, but the other conferences all have 10 or 11 games. So Jimmy, what do you think? Absolutely not. If we're not playing the same amount of games and we all got to play the games in the conference, we're not playing an out of conference schedule. How the hell is that fair? <laughs> should we got to go through 10, 11 opponents. You got to play seven games and you're starting the season later. Absolutely not. You better find somebody else to play because that's not happening. I'm not agreeing to that. So, man, where do I start here, JT? Sorry. You can start there. I'm going to take up most of the time here. I think the NCAA, prior to the season, should have implemented a minimum number of games to be eligible for the college football playoffs. They should have had the foresight to see, hey, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are doing this. Like, they're canceling, but they may come back to avoid, you know, uh, all the, the heat that they were taking. So, the NCAA... The NCAA should have had something in place to avoid this such controversy and situation. Like, even if you had just put in, you have to play a minimum of nine games. 
because then SEC plays 10, Big 10 plays 9. Okay, it's one game, not a big deal, especially considering the Big 12 a couple years ago didn't even have a conference championship game. So, you know, that would have been good. Big 10, Pac-12 would have known how many games they needed to schedule. Now, I agree with you that they really shouldn't be considered because, you know, in more than any other sport, football, three or four games is a huge difference. Oh, especially especially in the SEC where those guys are beating each other up every down. Exactly. And your body's taking a beating, a lot more injuries. Um, and on four, top of four, that – Four games as a defensive player in the SEC is is like nine Pac-12 games for a defender. It's not well, even actually the the and the offensive guys too, right? They're the ones taking the hits from the defensive guys. Yeah, so they don't yeah, even I, tackle out west. I, I I agree, and it's additional film. Also, you know, now you've got four games on a team. So I agree with you. I don't think it's fair, um, but if they're going to consider those teams eligible. Okay. All right. Now they've got to go undefeated JT. You can't go seven and one in the big 10 and still try to make an argument that at seven and one compared to a 10 and one, let's say Clemson, right? Let's say Clemson miraculously loses a game. They're 10 and one. You can't sit there and say, Hey, Ohio state at seven and one should get in over 10 and one Clemson. Nah, sorry. We've played. Clemson has played what that is four, three more games than you. No, that doesn't count anymore. That's so disrespectful. That's like taking a test, not finishing it, and then turning it into the teacher and asking her what's the curve. Like, how dare you? No, <laughs> it would still be getting an A when yeah. you didn't answer all the questions and didn't hit the percentage. It's ridiculous. And yeah, that, that's a good analogy. And it's the other thing is if if let's say a Pac-12 team goes 7-0, and and again, Clemson goes 10-1, and I think you have to really weigh in favor of that team that's played 11 games, even over an undefeated team at that point. Because, again, four more games means you're not playing any out-of-conference games, and you're probably playing two less road games, and that means four less games of potential upsets, injuries, travel. So – even with a one-loss team against a 7-0 Pac-12 team, I would almost lean toward a one-loss SEC or ACC team, uh, even over an undefeated team. So you're setting it up for this perfect scenario. Canes, Canes go in, we lose to Clemson at one point, either next weekend or in the ACC championship game. And it's between us with one loss or that Pac-12 team with 7-0 record. You're saying the Canes should get in? I'm saying the Canes... I, I don't want to have stronger act. consideration. I, I, I'm a big Canes fan, but what I'm, yes, I'm saying they should get that stronger consideration. And if I agree all things you. are equal. If all things are equal, and it doesn't even have to be the Canes. If all things are equal, I think you really got to start leaning toward that other team. Also too, another thing I want to know is you're assuming the seven teams are the seven best teams in that conference. Correct. Yep. That that's another thing we're in the ACC. We're not ducking anybody. We got to play everyone. If, if two really good teams sit out, that's a cakewalk. Right. Or even if you may just – they just may not be on your schedule. You yeah. know, if Arizona State's not your, on your schedule, they were one of the better teams last year in the Pac-12. If they're not on – Oregon, if they're not on your schedule, Utah. If you don't have to play Utah and Oregon and you go 7-0, who'd you really beat in the Pac-12? JV scrimmages. Oof. Oof. So, real quick, 
we got to acknowledge and give a shout out to our Canes. All three of us are Canes fans. 52-10, they put on Florida State. Nicole, question for you. Yes. Are the Canes for real, and do they beat Clemson next weekend? Oh, well, I hope for the sake of my household that they do. But, yeah, they look pretty good this year, and so I think they have a shot, yes. Okay. So you're not willing to go as far as to say they'll win, but they're at least for real, it sounds like, from what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really know that much about how Clemson is right now, so I can't tell you, but probably. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that. She has faith. Fair enough. Yeah, I have faith, which I probably can't say I've ever had that much any other year, even when I was in school, so... Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, it's probably been about 15 years since any Canes fan has had faith. So we definitely, we, we, exactly. understand, we understand that. Okay, so uh, let's go forward to week four of the NFL coming up starting tonight. So what are the storylines or the games that you guys are most looking forward to coming up this weekend? Hmm. Well, I definitely... The, the most interesting storyline of the whole week has got to be tonight because if the Jets lose to the Broncos on Thursday night football, how long will it take for Adam Gase to get fired? He's not getting fired. He has to get fired. He, he is not. The, this the, is, team, the team came out and said, win or lose Thursday night, Adam Gase is our guy going forward. Yeah, going forward to the locker room. If he loses tonight, they should just take all his credentials – he shouldn't even allow to be to go in and shower and change with the locker in the locker room with the team. They should say, "Look, here's your plane ticket. You're not going back home with us. We'll see you." Like it's ridiculous. But I mean, I, if they don't fire him, that's on them. That's that's more more games for the Dolphins. And another game I'm really interested in is the Saints versus the Lions. I want to because the Lions went in and they beat Arizona last week, and everybody was kind of shocked. They thought that was going to be a gimme game. But, I mean, you already know how I feel about the Saints. I think they're in trouble. I know to get Michael Thomas back this week, but it's not going to be 100%. Um, they lost. They lost some – the Saints lost some pieces this week too. Um, just really – if they can't beat the Lions, will you officially be panicking? In, man, that's a – that's a tough, tough question. Because um, no, the question I, – I, No, and this is why, because I believe a couple years ago they made a run after everyone counted them out, losing to Tampa Bay, remember, in that opener. So I'm, I'm not going to officially be hitting the, the panic button just yet. All right. Well, I mean, I guess what will it take for you to panic on the Saints? That's a rhetorical question, but I, I just think you're all in on them. And uh, this is just me being, you know, just mean about it and greedy. I just want to see after getting destroyed on Monday night football, how bad are the Ravens going to be the Washington football team? I, I think they could put a 50 on them. You think they're going to take out their aggression on the Washington oh, yeah, team? Definitely. Huh? I see Lamar having a 200, 150 game, five touchdowns and it's over by halftime. I can see that too. And I know Chase Young went out early in the game or Ryan went out injury. in the, in the game last week. So they're definitely going to need him to slow down that offense. Um, the, those are good ones, JT. I got two. First one real quick. Cleveland and Dallas. Cleveland above 500 after that's three a, that's games. That's a trap game for Dallas. I feel if they don't win, if Dallas loses that game, people are going to panic on Dak. Yep. They'll be, what, one and three at that one point, and three. Dallas? And, the, and Cleveland would be 
three and one. So that's an interesting game to look at. And then this is the one I'm kind of looking forward to is the Bills at Raiders. Both teams are over 500. Kind of feels like the 90s again, JT, when the Raiders and Bills were actually both good in, you know, contending for the AFC title. Uh, I'm excited. 4 p.m. game. Nicole, I know you and I are big Jersey Shore fans. Polly D and Vinny would always say, I'm getting the popcorn ready, sitting back and eating the popcorn. That's what I'm doing for this game. Sit back, enjoy it. Should Man, be don't a- nobody watch that show but y'all. It, bro, it's been on for 10 years. Get over I, the fact I'm, that no I'm one I'm shocked every day when I hear that. Because people watch it. It's entertaining. So just the way this game is going to be entertaining. And, you know, you haven't been able to say that about these two teams in a long time, especially going against each other. So probably almost like 20 years. So that's the storyline I'm looking at. Bill's at Raiders. One last one. Uh, sneaky shootout game this weekend. Um, Vikings and Texans. I think that's going to be the most exciting game of the week. Yeah, both defenses have struggled, especially Minnesota as we talked How about. How does the Texans already. defense struggle? They actually got good players. Uh, they have had a tough schedule, like you said. Baltimore, Kansas City, but their, their defense has been bad for like four straight years. Hasn't been the best. And they still pay people a lot of money. Okay, so let's go over, guys, and do everyone's favorite segment, weekend predictions, especially during football season. We love doing this. So JT went 5-2 and two last week, bringing his season record to 6-5-1. The Don went 4-3 and three last week, bringing his season record to 8-3-1. and one. So let's look at the big games in college football and the NFL this weekend. So first up, we got... Nicole, yeah. do you want to you want to also get in on these predictions? No, no, you don't have to. I I have no stakes in this game. I don't want I don't want her to embarrass <laughs> us because I feel like she'll watch. Well, she'll end up picking all the right ones. It's, it's like the uh, the March Madness bracket, and we'll look really bad. That's why we need yeah, her to do maybe it. Maybe I should actually. But, no, but, until Monday night when uh, the Rays play the Yankees, I will not be watching any sports until okay. then. Okay. <laughs> okay. So first up, we got Texas A and M at Alabama. Bama. I mean. Yeah, Bama. I wanted to find every way to pick A&M, but it's just not happening. Not after how they played against Vanderbilt. I'm not taking uh, I'm not going out on that limb. We both got Bama there. All right. What about Auburn at Georgia? Tough. I want to go Georgia. This is the this is the college football game of the week, right, JT? Primetime yeah. game. Who are you going with? You know what? I'm going to stick with Auburn. Oh, I'm going Georgia. Um, I think Georgia's defense is just a little bit better than what the Auburn offense can handle. And, uh, you know, Auburn has not scored more than like 10 points at Georgia in the last four meetings. At I know everything in Emmy wants to pick Georgia, but this just feels like one of those trap games. It's a weird, it's a weird year. Okay. Fair enough. So JT Auburn, I got Georgia, Nicole. All right, and then let's go to the NFL. What about Patriots at the Chiefs? Chiefs, but I'm nervous. I'm actually going to go opposite here. I'm going to go Patriots because I think after the Chiefs playing such a great game, Belichick's going to have something drawn up. Cam knows it's a big game. This is going to give giving himself a chance. If this was in Foxborough, I would say yes, but this is in KC. 
and they have fans, right? It's so. yeah, sixteen thousand, but it's not sold out. Big difference. Big difference, in my opinion. Okay, and then what about the last one? The Bills at the Raiders. Sticking with your MVP, Bills. <laughs> my MVP. I didn't just call him MVP. I didn't say MVP, Nicole. I'm I'm so glad we have someone on the show, Nicole. Did I say Josh Allen is the MVP? Mm, I don't know yeah. about that. See, exactly, JT. I did not say that. She we didn't all say know, no. We all know I'm riding that letting Russ cook, man. He's the MVP. I'm going here. Can I say it like Berman? The Raiders. I'm going the Raiders on this. Even one. with their banged up roster? Yes, Gruden will find a way. I think the Bills going out to the West Coast. This is that this is that trap game we always talk about going out to the not so much a trap game, but just they're due for a letdown, due for a letdown after letting the Rams uh, almost come back and having an emotional win to go out to the West Coast to uh, your favorite stadium nowadays. Right. What do they call it? The Death Star. <laughs> Mark Davis. All right. So is that all the games, Nicole? That's all that's all yep. you got for us. That's it. That's all you got for us. All right. So besides Bama, JT, you have a chance to take over the the uh, yearly lead here up to date. So It was only a matter today. of time. <laughs> three weeks in, huh? Only took three weeks to catch me. Well, Nicole, thank you very much for coming on. Great job. We'd love to have you back if you can deal with our shenanigans again in the future. So thank you very much. I know JT also appreciates it. We do. Thank yeah. you so much for for allowing me to put up with this band, but uh, doing a great job. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Absolutely. Usually yeah. I'm just listening. Now I'm participating as well. That is right. One of our most loyal listeners, Absolutely. if not the most loyal listener. The most so loyal listener. We, we appreciate that. And so the fans out there, hope you enjoyed it. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Dawn. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media at JT and the Dawn. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So JT, as always, great episode. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.